So if we were to look at ourselves, like if you put your hand under a microscope and you really go all the way down in there, you're just going to, you're not going to look solid anymore. Like the further you get, the more space there's going to be between your cells. And when you get all the way down there, they're going to just be vibrating. So we are literally vibrational beings. We're vibrating beings, but the way we're looking at each other, it looks like we're solid. So on a cellular level, on an atomic level, we are energy vibrating. And when we're vibrating, we're vibrating at a certain frequency. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. What's up, friends? It's Lindsay and Krista. Greetings. And we're so glad you're here. And I'm wearing my jean jumper. We were just saying that, you know, anytime you receive a onesie, you just wear it till it dies. Wear it till it dies. Wear it till... Actually, all my thing is wear it till it smells. (laughs) Yep. Right? That's pretty much it. (laughs) I'm never convinced that people can smell me. I know. If I'm in something old and then every once in a while I've caught a little- Justin's the number one sniffer. He's like, Pete, you smell rusty. (laughs) He's like, you smell rustic. That's what he says. You smell rustic. Oh, rustic. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what you want your fiance to say about you. Does he ever smell? No. Oh. He really never does. Wow. He's got like very, he's a Taurus. So he's very sensory, yeah. senses oriented. Yeah. So he's my dad's the same way. Very much like sight, smell, like senses around him. And I'm just kind of doing my thing. Totally. Doing my thing. You know what I was thinking? I've been thinking a lot about this lately that I wanted to talk about was like, and guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm Krista. This is Lindsay. If you're new, we're so glad you're here. We talk about health, wellness, spirituality, all the things, and we try and keep it really real for y'all. And we have a thriving community online that you can join, Almost 30 Nation. But what I was thinking about is with... I have a lot of anxiety around like my friends. I feel like I'm never doing enough for them. Mm-hmm. Like We have 10 friends that are doing something right now that I'm like not feeling like I'm supporting in the way that I should be. And what I realized was what really sucks about friendships now is it still brings me back to my phone where I don't want to be on my phone. I'm like, I I have 10 friends right now that I want to connect with and communicate with and support and just, you know, send my love. But that means that I need to spend so much more time on my phone and it kills me. Yeah. It's like, I need to go on Instagram and do my thing. I need to leave them voice notes. I need to do all these things on my phone. And it just is like the worst feeling. And that's with phones too. It just leaves everything open-ended where you could be doing more. And I think that I relate to like friends where I always could be doing more and the phone kind of enabled that in my life because you could always like be talking to them more, be in communication with people more. And it's just such an interesting thing that I hate. But I think 
the fact that it's so easy to do it through technology and through your phone sometimes like it kind of takes away the the lasting feeling of say okay this is an extreme example but i do have a friend that does this mm. they write letters oh cute i used to do that on a regular so it's like notes letters and like sitting down to write it kind of like makes an impression on you and them. Oh yeah. Because you're like, oh, I like really care about this person. I spent time doing this and like I was reflective because on the phone it's like, boop, 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 voice note, la, la, la. you know, it's like mm-hmm. nice and I do it too. But I do think like technology takes away the deepening of those oh, yeah. gestures. Yep. You know? And it just keeps, for me, it keeps everyone at a certain level and length. I have yeah. like 20 best friends that, you know, so that's the thing is like when it before you would leave college and you would drift away from people and you didn't really have the opportunity to keep people in touch, which is the best that we can. But it also is just like, okay, it never ends. Never ends. Oh my God. Last night we went to... Um, yeah, I was wondering what you were doing. <laughs> so leaving it at seven, I'm like, isn't it bad? We left at 8, 8 p.m. I know. 8 p.m. So impressed. So impressed. So we went to St. John, the St. John concert, oh, St. J-H-N. You guys should listen to Collection One. It was one of my favorite albums last year. And actually one of my most played on Spotify. Oh. <laughs> and so we went to the concert, me and our friends, our couple friends, Ryan and Thomas, and we get to the front of the line and they scan our tickets and we got fucked. We got, sold, we got sold fake tickets. <gasps> so right before we walked in, they're like, do you want to do some mushrooms. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like, let's do it. Whatever. Yeah. So we did it. And then we find out that our tickets are fake. So, so we're standing in the front of the line. We're like, oh my God. And they said that about 60 people <gasps> oh got sold fake tickets. So this person was just selling tons of fake tickets, made so much money. So we're honestly, they were like, these tickets are fake. I was like, okay. Honestly, that was my reaction. I was like, okay. Didn't care at all because it's so weird. Like I love music, but now it's, I am so old. I was like going into the show and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to be in this energy. Yeah, I know I sound yeah. so corny. I know I do. I know I do. I know I do. But it's like dark, sweaty, hot, loud Dude. music, assaulting energies. Everyone's wasted. Everyone's fucked up. And the music that I like produces shows that are kind of like aggressive. So I was just like, Dude, I'm kind of glad to be honest. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I gotta you go. You manifested home. it. I did, I manifested it. <laughs> but we went to the proper. I was fucked up. I honestly oh, no. Justin was like, dude, you should have seen yourself. They're like, hey, the bathroom's that way. And I'm like, oh my I was dying. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, oh my God, the bathroom's that way. <laughs> dying. Everything was like insane. And it was so fun. Was it like visual? It was visual or just giggly. as much as I let it be, but it was mostly giggly. Yeah. Oh my God. But then I got home and shit really happened. Oh, fuck. Where I was sitting happens. there and I had this realization that every single thing that I'm seeing is a, is produced by my brain and that what you're seeing and what you're experiencing is... I know this is so weird and trippy and everyone knows this. She's still on mushrooms. I'm still on mushrooms and I'm still having mushroom thoughts. <laughs> is that you are producing every single thing that you're seeing and experiencing from your brain and your eyes. It's all right here. And mine is completely different. And I was like, it just was really like, oh, this is all kind of made up by Mm -hmm. this, my brain and my eyes. 
you know, or if it's all made up right there and no one is having the same experience I am because they're not making it up in the same way that my brain and eyes are making it up. Projected reality. Projected reality. And I was like, oh, everything feels very flat. I was like, this world and earth feels very flat, although everything's 3D. Like if I walked up to you, I could just push you and you could be paper as much as you could be 3D. Mm -hmm. And it was like very 4D. And then it was like kind of dark. It was kind of weird and I didn't really love it, but the beginning was like dope. That's usually, that's been my experience and I haven't done it that many times, but it's like the beginning is great, laughy, fun, bright. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, uh uh-oh, I close my eyes. I know. I'm like (laughs) triangles with dead babies' faces. Yeah, like I see violent images and I'm like, what is that? Is that like a fucking cave in my brain that's like seeping? Same. But then I also... Then there are times when I'm like, okay, Lens, you just need to chill and watch. Like my the backs of my eyelids are a projection screen. Yes. And it's to me, that's explaining what makes up life. Like what makes up every living thing is that like perfect geometry, that color, that sound, that vibrancy. Like every everything has that. And it's like really cool to see it when you're high on mushrooms, everybody. Come to the next Homeless 30 event and we'll give you a good time. Honestly. <laughs> I don't usually do that, but I was just like, whatever, let's just have a silly I good think you're time. meant to. I mean, like... Whatever. You know. It was fun. It was... We were absurd. It was really fun too to talk about... We Everyone was asking about my family and I don't really share about my family publicly unless prompted, but people kept asking and it was really, felt really refreshing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. To make fun of my family for two hours. Oh, <laughs> oh just kidding. Peace and love. <laughs> no. All right. A few announcements. We are relaunching your podcast pro January, 2020. So stay tuned for that. If any of you out there want to start, grow and monetize, or if you have a podcast and want to grow and monetize your podcast, we are here for you. And we have three courses that are dense and full of everything you need. Yeah, they're going to be huge. They're insane. And I'm so proud of the site. The graphics look beautiful. Chloe did a great job. Everything just looks so professional and I feel so proud of it. I'm Mm -hmm. really excited. And then um, we're also doing some Skillshare courses, you know, just to add in some smaller courses that people can tap into whenever that are very cheap and affordable for people to just get a taste of what we would get on Podcast Pro. Yes. And stay tuned. Also, we will be hosting a retreat in 2020. We hosted our first retreat last year in Malibu and we will be hosting another in the new year. So stay tuned for that announcement. We're really, really excited. It was such a special experience for Krista and I to be there with 24 other women. We laughed a lot. We healed a lot and just got to connect deeply with one another. And we brought in some special guests and really amazing experiences. Yeah, it was insane. There was so much stuff. So much goodie stuff. It was like they brought an extra suitcase. To everybody from the stuff. pod came and we had a so much goodies mm-hmm. and so much healthy food. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, our girls are now still connected in the and they have a separate Facebook group for the retreat ladies. They're still friends. They still talk on the phone all the time. So this is going to be an amazing experience happening in May 2020 with more details to come in January. Truly. All right. So on the podcast today, we're really excited to welcome Lala Delia. And she is an incredible writer. She is an author, spiritual creative, wellness educator, and just such a 
a powerful presence. I had never met Lala before. And yeah, I was just, she. she's not only beautiful and striking in that way, but like her spirit is really beautiful. Yeah. Vibrate higher daily, baby. She's had a blog for quite some time and she's one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. So all you Twitter people, uh, definitely check her out. Her, her Twitter handle is just her name. And she posts these beautiful, profound thoughts and quotes and it's really made up impact on my life, just reading them and disconnecting from you know any thought patterns that I have and reconnecting with the truth that she shares. And we talk a lot about how vibration plays a contributing um, or contributes to just how we connect with others, how our how we perceive the world. And so it was really interesting just to talk about those experiences that she's had in particular that's really influenced what she teaches and writes, writes about now. We talk about manifestation. We talk about being and less doing, 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 and how that contributes to your vibration and just how we how we show up in the world. Yeah, and she grew up, you know, the way she didn't she grew up wasn't necessarily a good foundation for her to be as high vibe as she is. So I really wanted to know about the journey to becoming so thoughtful and so high vibrational because it is a practice. It is something that you need to figure out and you need to learn and you need to continue to do. And she's really made her life work to help people become more spiritually creative, more spiritually in tune. And she's a joy and a pleasure. And I really enjoyed like the flow and energy of this conversation. Of course, it's going to be good with someone like her, but it's just a great, great, great experience for us to really tap into empowerment, transformation, um, and how we can really learn to raise our vibe. Yeah. And her new book is out now. It's called Vibrate Higher Daily, Live Your Power. So you can get that anywhere books are sold. We highly recommend. And you can go to vibratehigherdaily.com to read her blog and just tap into all of her resources. So thanks for listening. As always, we love you. Thank you for writing reviews on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us and we read all of them. And just sharing with your friends um, is how we grow. So thanks in advance. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of the community. You can join the secret Facebook group. There are thousands and thousands of other women connecting, sharing being there for one another. And then you can also follow Almost 30 on Instagram. We post funny memes. So Almost 30 podcast on Instagram. And we will see you on the next one. Thanks for being a part of this beautiful thing that we call life. Love you. Bye. Bye. But we were talking about how much to care. And I think about that a lot. It's like, and I think there's an interesting thing that we as a society are going through is how much to care or how much do we focus on mm-hmm. to not feel overwhelmed to lead us to inaction. Right. And that's what I th- I think about that quite often. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where do you want to direct your emotional energy? Because we only have, we have so much a day to give out. And if we send it all over the place, we have nothing left for ourselves, nothing left for our children, for our work. So we do. It's almost at the point where we have to say, where am I going to send my concern, send my energy there, direct my energy there? So it could be like we were talking about, you know, the furniture in the in California here, the Prop 65, whether it's going to be I'm shopping for furniture that could cause cancer and I'm trying to get away from that. But then you go to the grocery store, certain certain aisles, like we were talking about plant-based chips of all things now supposedly can cause cancer. It's the chemicals, the plants, Mm. the 
the actual factories where they're run from, the chemicals that are used, some of the oils. Wow. Yeah. And then What's the furniture. Brand? Um, they're just various brands. Okay, so, cool. so basically it was just like a a general notice for all plant-based chips. Now, granted, they don't say each one. Like when you go to furniture and certain toys and things like that, you can look at the specifications online and it will give you the information. And if it's not listed there, then you can call and they have to disclose this information to you. Oh, They have to. Yeah, because there was a lawsuit to in which really got these websites going and they're slowly getting there, getting there was there was a big lawsuit on Urban Outfitters for a pair of glasses that was, had a woman cause cancer, well, supposedly caused cancer and she sued and she won. <laughs> so now these websites oh. are leaning in and taking it very serious. So with what that- fucking G. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. was able to like be like, Oh, yo, yeah. it's these glasses. It's the glasses. And then prove it? She proved it. She And it's here in California. You definitely have to look this up because- What a G. It's like, and, and so what it is, it's a lot of the materials that plastics are made out of. Um, when you look at like plastic clear handbags, a lot of those are red flags. Literally just bought one. Did you? Oh, no. Literally. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's sitting on my table. <laughs> so see, I know. And this can cause a lot of anxiety because you can <laughs> probably go through your house and a lot of stuff that, you know, we just have no clue would be flagged under the Prop 65. But like I was saying, the SciShow on YouTube, that channel, anyone wants to geek out on science, this is a great YouTube channel. But the SciShow does have a great episode about the Prop 65 and what they're not telling us, why it may be something that, you know, is is getting blown out of proportion. So, because I, what they were saying is that they put bacon on the same list as cigarettes. And they're just like, okay, cigarettes, bacon and cigarettes can give me cancer. Now, coming from a wellness background, I understand the you know, the cholesterol, you know, from that 100%. angle, how it can cause different things in the body. And then vibrationally speaking, I understand how things can be just as detrimental to you if, if you put them in you, if they're around you. So as as a cancer, as cancer, and maybe an energetic cancer. So I've definitely been leaning in and studying and seeing what this is about, but I would also know that there's no way that I can avoid it all. And so I live within reason and... <sighs> Like I was saying, I had recently ordered some things online and I did all the research. And soon as I get this big package in, it's flagged. And I'm like, go figure. Like, what mm. is this? So sometimes you mean well and you do your best, but you just can't avoid everything. So where do we send our concern? Where do we care? And how much can I invest? Some people don't have enough money to purchase eco-friendly materials and products and furniture because now they are higher now because they aren't in as demand as something like your fast furniture companies and all this, all these fast products that are making mass production. So you really have to care. And I just say, you know, if you can start wherever is meaningful for you, like if you know you have asthma or respiratory issues, then you want to make sure you have a filter in your home just so it can help filter out a lot of the chemicals that could be there right now that you have no idea. And then as you shop, there's websites like some of the websites online, like Amazon. Amazon, if you live in California, and I don't like that they wait until you're checking out and choosing your delivery option to tell you. They should tell you like right on the actual product page, but they will tell you it, it'll say Prop 65 if it is there. So before you click through your, sh- your shipping options super fast, check it out. Because there's been times when like my son, I was going to order him a slingshot 
And I saw it there. I didn't see it anywhere else. And I was like, darn, we have to go all back through this process again. What a cool mom. I, oh, yeah. Slingshot, don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need, we need to get him a slingshot. <laughs> what does he sling? Yeah. Rocks. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we go where Dangerous. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's so satisfying for him. Dude, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, David and Goliath, so- just you... Bring down those giants, however, you know, those (laughs) mental, like your energy, just go for it, son. As you're like learning more about something like, you know, products with Prop 65 or anything in life, and I'm just kind of speaking for people out there and for myself, like the more I know, sometimes the more stressed out I get, you know? So like, what is the tipping point? And you mentioned like, where you just decide what you're going to care about. But I'm also wondering like how, how that worry and that focus on maybe something that we can't control can kind of affect our vibration and and how we energetically and maybe physically metabolize things. Mm -hmm. So like, did you have to like kind of grapple with that at at, at some point? I definitely did. When, and a lot of times what happens, but when when you have kids. Oh yeah, you have to. Oh, scared. It more so it, it is for him more so because I know his brain is still developing, mm-hmm. his respiratory system, his organs are still functioning at a way that they're trying to figure out, you know, what this is and, and what am I taking? And for me, I'm more mature in the game. Like he's 10 and, you know, his body is newer and it's so pure at that age still. And part of that is protecting that pure pureness in, in your child. And you don't want your child tainted with all these chemicals that like, I, for God bid, like, for me, me yeah. all these years I've had growing up. And um, and and if it's any consolation, it growing up in the 90s and 80s, they say it was worse. So it's it's supposed that we are getting better. We're just more aware of it now. And it's it's being put out there now to where we're it's more visible. Like a lot of other things have been way worse. But the awareness and tension of it now, it's alarming to us because it's bringing it, we have to see it. We have to start having the conversation and start you know, considering these things that maybe we didn't before. So whether it's social justice issues, whether it's inequality, whether it's chemicals in the furniture that you buy or the products that you bring to your home, like where can you put your concern? Now, I do believe that there's a way we can send love to it all and have awareness of it all, but believe that wherever you can start is okay. You don't have to cover all the grounds. Like, you know, if you look at it, like we're a big battalion, you know, this big military force, so to speak. And, but we all have our mission. We all have our, our jobs to do on that battlefield. You know, everyone doesn't have the same job in a military, but the military is so effective and they have protocols. So just think that I'm doing this and I know someone else is doing the research. I respect, honor what they're doing. And when I can get over there, if that's for me, I'll, get there as well, but I'm going to start right here where I can. And again, it's it's like, you know, if another thing you can do to help is to bring in plants in your home, a lot of plants. And in order for the plants to effectively filter your home, you have to have a lot of them. So bring in as many plants as you can, if that's how you can start, if you can't get rid of all your furniture. Um, and, and granted, older furniture is better. So if you do like thrift stores and, and secondhand furniture, a lot of the chemicals have by, by that time have wore, worn away. So a little more safer than new furniture, even new construction in homes. It's, it's the most toxic then wow. when you move in. 
Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're just aware of what's there. So if you have to be in these environments, you know how to filter them well with a filter, with plants. And then with you just drinking lots of water, water helps to flush out the the toxins in the body. You get you a heavy metal cleaner, lymphatic massages, just do the things then to now combat the body because the body is what's taking everything on. So there's so many ways that we can combat a lot of what's going on. And then if you have the means to have a toxic-free home home completely, whether it's chemicals and house cleaning products, whatever it is, go for it. But you know, ex- explore where you can, but don't be overwhelmed because then that's an energy that's just as toxic that yeah. can turn into illness in the body as well. So start where you can and journey and grace with it, like I say, with everything else. (laughs) Yeah, because we get hit with a lot of that information all the time Mm -hmm. on the podcast interviews or just in conversations being in the LA scene. And I just try and think about the next decision that I make, like how it will affect the next decision that I make, whether it's clean home products. We had a conversation with our friends from Branch Basics and in it, they're talking a lot about you know chemicals and things in your home that could be, lead you to be sick. And so for me, it's just like, okay, next time I'm going to get these certain products, I'm going to remove these instead of being overwhelmed with like me living 30 years of my life, having these in my face, mm-hmm. you know, but it is overwhelming at times, but I think it can be more helpful if we just allow it to be, if we allow it to be that way. It's And it's awareness. Mm-hmm. It's awareness of I can live with this. Yep. Like I'm not, it's not causing me any issues. And that's the thing. A lot of the Prop 65 is saying that this could cause cancer, not that it will. So we have to look at the statistics. Like what is the percentage of a person your age and with your genetic structure and you know, with your genome and with your DNA, like what is the chance in that with you getting cancer? So it's not saying everyone is mm-hmm. absolutely going to get cancer. So it's almost like surfing. Like, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. surf past this and do the best I can mm-hmm. and not let it overwhelm me. And, you know, and it's things in the home as well. It's it's everywhere. Like for one is hypoallergenic homes. That's a lot that you you see a lot of people concerned with that. And so that's the thing of like, they're not chemicals, but these are parasites like dust mites and things like that that live in your home on your like like rugs and cotton clothing and cotton bedding that can cause just as much harm to the respiratory system. So if you're sneezing all the time in your home or having allergy problems, it could be very well that you would do better with linen because dust mites are, linen repels dust mites and wow. dust period. So you could have, you could breathe better. So it's, it's like, where do you want to focus? Where do you want to go? And for me, I just continually had to keep educating myself on ways to live with whatever I had at the time um, and then grow. Because there was a time when I knew about some of these things and I was like, what? Like when I was very first getting into my healing journey, a lot of my teachers were just talking about the chemicals in food. So it started there. And I, and I talk about in my book, working with Dr. Sabi. And a lot of that was wow. the food. And, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, like this food is killing everyone. And this is why, like, I feel crazy all, all the time and I don't have power. So it's, it's where do you want to start? And if you can just start with eating healthier, or if you can just start with not littering outside, like all of it helps. All of it helps. Like we need someone to do something. So if we're all starting where we are, it's all going to get done, mm-hmm. you know, but we, we have to know that we can't, we can't do it all. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's too big. And we weren't meant to carry it all. Yeah. We weren't, that's why we're in an ecosystem because we all have different roles to play. Mm. 
I love that, taking that in. Yeah, I'd love to just go back a little bit and and give context for our audience who um, aren't as familiar with your work. And you know, we've we've kind of touched a little bit on the vibration and why that is so important and how it affects us physically and mentally and emotionally. But I would love to just hear your story and kind of what brought you to founding Vibrate Higher Daily and and all the things that you do in this world and your book coming out. So I know that's been like a big labor of love related to your story as well. So take the floor. Yeah. So I am an, a wellness educator, a spiritual writer, the founder of a website called Vibrate Higher Daily. My favorite Twitter account. Yay. I, I retweet your shit 24-7. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Yes. Thank you so much for that. I absolutely love Twitter community Twitter's the best. And Twitter, yeah. I'm sorry, I love Twitter. Do you love Twitter? Yeah, you're People think Twitter's trash. I love it. Oh, no. It's so necessary. I want to see what you're thinking, not what you look like. Yeah, Twitter Mm -hmm. is complete. Yeah, a lot of people are maybe intimidated by just the whole new worlds because they are completely different from each other. Like, you you don't speak or share the same like you do. You can share the same message, but your conversation, it just looks different on Twitter. And if you try to do the same thing, like the cookie cutter, it just doesn't work. Like it doesn't resonate. Like you have to know Twitter protocol. Mm-hmm. And you <laughs> got to thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I love Twitter. Absolutely. Twitter is so fun. And I'm on Instagram, um, but I'm also now the author of Vibrate Higher Daily, the book. And I spent the last year writing this book, pouring into it, all of my experience, the wisdom I've gained throughout that the just the the codes I cracked and that was just what I wanted to put in this book. I know I knew that in order for my life to change the way it did, I cracked the code. And it was something that I was so in this box all my life and the box was causing suffering in multiple ways, but until I was able to get out of the box and not allow things to come in, you know, and further cause me suffering until I was just to get rid of the whole thing, like throw the whole thing away. <laughs> That's literally what vibrating higher, taking my power back looked like at that time. And then as I continued my journey, it started to look different, like how I vibrated higher in relationships and with my family as a parent, with how I ate, with the work I do in the world, it just encompassed everything, which is why I was so grateful that my publisher, Harper One, gave me the creative free reign to do this book in a way that was holistic because it's it's all around. And for me, that's true wellness and spirituality when wholeness is the point and the goal, not just like my, you know, this is my spirituality on Saturday or Sunday, whether you practice Sabbath or you're in church somewhere or in a mosque, but it's all day with how I smile at people, how I drive in traffic, what I eat, you know, you know what I spend my energy on and my emotional, what, where I'm caring, like that type of thing. So it's important to know that wherever we are each day, we can vibrate higher and that we have grace. There's this force of grace. It's a literal thing, just like gravity. There's force in this. And I always talk about grace because it's what keeps us going. There's so many things that each of us can look back on and say, wow, like that, I didn't deserve that. (laughs) You know, I did this. If anyone could look at my background and knew my thoughts in the past or my, the things I used to do, my experiences, I would look so unqualified now or, you know, just whatever it is, or I would look embarrassed now, whatever it is, but grace comes in and does not care about any of that. And it calls you still, it loves you still, it gives you second, third, fourth, a million chances still. And that's the, that's the beautiful thing about having a higher power for me. 
and knowing that there's this ultimate force that's greater than any mistake I can make, any past that I don't understand why I had to go through it, but it still has a purpose for my life, for our lives. And it will use us if we just surrender and allow and trust the process, moving through that pain, and then like a phoenix, rise, just rise. And that's why Vibrate Higher Daily, living your power is so important because not only do you live in power, but it allows you to now live from a place of power. Mm. And what was your patterning prior to your healing journey? Like what was your, what was your sort of, what were the stories that you told yourself that kept you out of your power? Oh my goodness. Oh, there were so many. The mindset for me was of a victim. Like I felt like I was a victim. And granted, I was victimized, but I didn't realize the difference between being victimized and identifying as a victim. Ooh, that part. Tell me more. Oh, yeah. So something can happen to us, but we are not that. It's just an experience we're passing through on the journey of life. That's not our final destination. And I talk about this in the book because that was a main thing. So there's this cha- there's this in um, there's a chapter in the book where I talk about the metaphorical terrains of life. There's storms, there's the ocean, there's even metaphorical weather, there's there's fog, you know, there's all these different terrains that we go through and we can get stuck there. The desert. If we don't know what, why it showed up in our lives, it always shows up in our lives. Just like every season, everything around us, like the flowers, the plants, the animals, they know that these things come, but they come to pass, you know, and then a new, a change of guard comes and then there's an outlet. There's a reprieve from that for us and, and we, we don't have to stay there. But sometimes with humans, we get so distracted by a lot of programming that comes in to keep us out of our power that we think, okay, I have no power to get out of this. This is it. And we see a lot of messaging on TV of victims and damsels in distress. And no, we do not have to be damsels in distress. We are the heroes of our lives. We can take our power back. We can remember who we are. Like I have a quote that says, she remembered who she was and the game changed. So when you remember who you are, you put that on a shirt. I will wear it. Yeah, you know, this is it that has to happen. It, need, it needs to, honey. That has for the to book. Happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just a matter of for me it was a matter of getting out of that mindset and it was it was the help of I got help wherever I could. Like that's one thing I did open up. I surrendered to help. I was in churches, I was in the mosque. Like I and I grew wow. up very like my father was a practicing Buddhist, my mother was a Christian, and then even I explored into the nation of Islam. So I had a lot of just different teachings growing up, but my strongest influence were, it was my father and my grandmothers and my mother, their their faith and their prayers. I, I have a quote in the book that says, your grandmother's prayers are still protecting you. Mm. And she prayed with me and she used to read to me. I And when she couldn't read, I would read to her. And then my other grandmother, Layla, I'm named after both my grandmothers. My other grandmother, Layla, she only had a third grade education. She couldn't read. She used to, she was the, you know, she was that mother who was when you look at all the black and white movies, like with the maid working, catching, walking, catching the bus and had to go home at night and care for her family, that was her. So, but as a young girl, she she couldn't read. She had to go pick cotton at the age of five um, and leave school at by third grade. And so she didn't have an education, but what she did gain was the, the spiritual education that was so powerful that made her such a grounding force in everyone's life, in our family, in our neighborhood, in the church. She was a church mother. 
which means she held it down. You know, she she was that mother, like she comes in and you're just like, oh, God walked in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, you know. You sit up straight. <laughs> you sit up straight, yeah. you know, fix, align your chakras. Yeah. <laughs> but she would do that. She could just, you know, touch you and hug you and just bring you a meal. And that was just the healing right there. That was it, you know. And so, you know, sometimes I, I when I'm in interviews, I remind people that sometimes it's not always the yoga classes and, you know, the $100 bottle of supplements or whatever, all the trendy things. Sometimes it's just going back to the basics. Sit next to an elder who knows how to pray. Sit next to an elder who it has a meaningful presence and anyone looking to have a meaningful presence and even what that looks like in such a fast modern age as today where we're so distracted. I wrote a blog recently about that, just having a meaningful presence because sometimes we can show up and we don't know how to hold space. We don't know how to hear someone. We don't know how to answer someone, respond in a meaningful way that can further the human experience of someone else. You know, sometimes it's, it's just very fragmented, our conversations and our thoughts with people. So when we can show up like these elders did, and like for me in my life, I am able to do that only because the women who showed up for me and the men who showed up for me. And I talk about this in the book and I was so grateful to share and to, and to further along the spirits of these elders in my life who some are not here physically and some still are, but of my family who really, really are giants in the world of meaningful presence and heroes when it comes to spirituality and holding space. But yeah, all of that was able to help me get out of that. And then the writing in the book, I was just so reminded of like, wow, I really got out of that. Mm. You know, so when you can come to a safe place, you're like, "Mm, I'm safe now. (laughs) I'm safe. And I think that getting to that safe place for all of us, we all have in mind what that looks like. But until we get there, you know, I know that it feels like, like, like I write in the book, you're in the desert or you're in the storm, you're going up that mountain. And I give tools to get through it because if I didn't have the tools, I would have still been stuck. You know, Mm. you, sometimes you can break down in the desert, you can break down, you know, in, in the, you know, you feel deserted on the path and the terrains of life, but there's people who will come by and get you if you know how to surrender ego and say, I need help. Or there's affirmations and prayers you can say to yourself. And there's things that you can do to muster up, to anchor in something stronger than you and to get through it. So that all of that helped me tremendously. I wanted to go back for a moment when you were talking about just, you know, everyone moving so quickly and not feeling like they can create space and go deep in a moment or be that that presence for someone. And I just think it's it just made me think a lot. I do, you know, I think our generation moves so quickly and they love to check boxes and get as much done as possible. And actually, I don't know if it's about slowing down, but being a a a presence, a deep presence like that or being in the presence of someone like that will actually make you learn about yourself. And I don't know if people are, people say they're down for that. And I'm just not sure. Sometimes like I haven't been down, you know, where I'm just like, that seems like a lot of work. You know what I mean? To like, to have a meaningful, really simple, but meaningful conversation with someone is probably going to make me think about maybe how I'm living my life for the good or, or not so good. And so like, how would you speak to that like fear of really being with yourself and getting to know yourself on that level? Because I think it's essential mm-hmm. in being able to vibrate higher and and evolving in the yeah. way that we say we want to. But I do think it's scary for people. 
Yeah, it can be scary. And it's it's walking to the unknown. You know, a lot of times we don't know why we are like we are. And we haven't sat with that and really had that conversation and journeyed into that place within. So mindfulness is a way that we can truly, because you, even when you say you're uncomfortable, but you're, you're mindful of it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like the key. That's that's the key to enter in. So that's so important. So that's good. So it's entering a place of mindfulness and saying, noticing what you feel. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable with this. But then moving through it because you are not that energy. You're just yeah. the observer of it. So if we, if we don't attach, like we don't have these attachments to like, I, I have to identify in this because when we identify with something, we have to like, play the whole thing out, <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, well, I'm this tomorrow then. And again, the next day. And then that starts us on this loop that mm-hmm. sometimes we don't know how to get ourselves out of. And so also in the book, I talk about breaking those patterns and those loops and what to do with that. But having that mindfulness that this is here, I'm experiencing this, this is how it makes me feel, but I would like to feel another way. That's right there. That opens the door, just that surrender of like, this is how I am. Like I show up and and not saying that you are, but if a person is unmindful in conversation, like I'm very not present with people. That's that's what's showing up right now. And affirmations are a great way to say, I am present. I am home wherever I am. And Thich Nhat Hanh has a beautiful, beautiful affirmation that just says, I have arrived, I am home. And I repeat that to myself many times throughout the week, wherever I find myself, whether it's rushing in traffic, whether it's having a conversation with someone when I know that I have to be somewhere in 30 minutes or an hour, like on the phone or texting, I have arrived, I am home. So wherever you find yourself, that's home. That's where your energy out of all the places you could be, that's where it's calling your attention to at that moment. And so that's important. And then just a journey in grace with what you don't know. It's okay. Again, that force is there to always still love you. You know, you're still on purpose. You're still amazing. And then it's just revealing to you, mirroring to you some things that need tending to. And um, a new post this week I had on my blog was inner gardening. And I share the work of Howard Thurman, who is uh, such a spiritual genius to me. And he was the spiritual teacher. He was a spiritual anchor of Martin Luther King and the whole civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. So when we look at Martin Luther King, we're like, okay, he pretty much is the man. But this is the man who was the man to him. So Howard Thurman, he, even Gandhi, like he, you know, he would consult with Gandhi, but Howard Thurman had a way of, he wouldn't call himself a theologian, which by all means, that's what everyone would want to call him. But he, even though he, and he went, he studied, but he called himself a mystic because he didn't want to be tied into any box because he knew it was bigger, his message and his offering to the world. And so he challenged us with these really beautiful meditative questions to grow wherever we find ourselves, to keep going. And and a, a good one that he has is at the end of all my strugglings, my curiosities, my concern, what is it that I'm looking for? And what is it that will come out of this? What am I looking to come out of all of this? And I'm like, whoa, that is it right there. Like after all this, after the pain, after the struggling, after the joy, what is it that I, I'm working towards or what is it that I look, I'm looking towards birthing after this and coming out of through my fulfillment? And being that the fulfillment is ongoing, but what is it that I can gain after this? Mm. 
So that's that's a good way to look at any situation we find ourselves is, you know, how can I learn in this moment? How can I help to f- fulfill myself onward just a little more and grow and tend to that inward garden? And um, his book in particular is called, um, he has a book of meditations, but also this one is called The Inward Journey. Mm. Cool. Yeah. That was like even with our coach, we're working with a coach, Aaron Rose, and um, he's been really helpful in in the imagining of the solution or like the best possible scenario of something. So it's almost like getting us out of the victim mentality of the situation or like when we express something about a situation, I haven't actually thought about what the best case scenario could potentially be. And, you know, a lot of times I'm able to get to that through a long period of time or if it presents itself to me, I'm like, oh, that worked out really well and I'll be forward. I'll be, you know, thinking in the past about it. But it's been really beautiful for him to be like, okay, what would like the best case scenario of this look like? You know, what if every single person was on the same page? And what if like everyone showed up in their best possible, in the best possible way that they can? What would that look and feel like? And it's things that I would never normally think about because I'm so caught up in the nitty gritty of whatever's going down and just working through that, that sort of challenge. And that sort of reminds me of what you're talking about, where it's like just having the awareness of working through and then getting to a place where you are thinking like best case scenario and how that would look and feel. Oh, yeah. That's important because that's the way it feels. And he teaches on that about feeling and imagining into your next reality. So you're not just sitting in victim mode, but you're also imagining now what it feels like to be the overcomer Mm -hmm. and the hero of your life. And this is a lot of work. I mean, all throughout the board, almost every book that you pick up, (laughs) you know, nowadays is going to have that in there. But he was teaching this way back then. And then even if when you go back to ancient times, like this is not anything new, but today we feel like it's just ours and just our generation, but this is wisdom timeless. It stands the test. It's just absolute law for the universe that we live in. This is how things work. And if you can bring something into that mind's eye, so imagine it. And then on top of imagining it, which a great book for this is by, it's called Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. And he teaches that it's imagining and feeling into it. You have to, Earl Nightingale is another one. So you have to not just think it, say it, but feel it. Mm -hmm. So get in a place where you're closing your eyes, you're visualizing it. And who are you thinking when this thing happens? And, you know, what do you have on? And where are you? How does the air feel? And what's the weather that day? And where do you say, you know, what's the look on your face? Like really going all the way there and really using the projector in the mind that's there for what it's for. Like we, we are the first projectors. We're the first computers were the first cameras. We have all of this within our head. So just like now you can picture people from your high school, your elementary school days, you can picture your old room as a child. Well, that's stored memory, you know? And if we could start changing what we're filling those files with of us overcoming, of us being strong, because we're now replacing, you know, we're replacing old files with new files. So we're updating our, our system. And so that imagining and filling into that is so powerful. Yeah. And then into that, you know, so I think about that quite often. And and what do you think that place is in the healing process? So, you know, for someone that is dealing with trauma or, you know, with social justice, like what should we think about as far as like the recognition of truth and what we're feeling and trauma that we're going through, but then also wanting to be at a place where we are vibrating higher to receive those higher things? Like, how do you think about those two things interworking and how have you seen those play out in your life? Knowing that we do have space 
to do both. Like we were talking at the beginning, we do have space to do both. We have a, we have space to be aware, and then we have space to direct where we're going to send our energy to. So it's not always that we're going to get involved in every organization that's out there. It's not that we're going to be at every protest. It's not that we're going to donate to every cause. It's not that we're going to post about everything that happens, but quietly, because at the end of the day, if social media still went away, how would you promote and how would you support these, these, all these things going on in the world? So it's not always about what everyone else sees. We, so we have to be really careful of that as well. When we don't see people posting and maybe saying like, why aren't you posting about this? Because we never know what they're doing behind closed doors. you know. And I know so many people that give to causes who don't even have a social media page. So it's really important or people who are, you know, are giving and they are always posting about it. So it's just, we have to be careful with judgment there um, with others and then with ourselves, you know, and just knowing that I'm giving from a place of authenticity. It's not because I want to look like I'm, you know, involved or aware, but it's because I truly am. And this is where I feel called and led in the movement to be. You know, Martin Luther King wasn't, even though at the time, like he was very concerned with the Vietnam War, but he was not spending his time there. He was on, you know, in Birmingham and just, you know, in the South with the civil rights movement. So see, so we have to really know where we can put all of our experience, you know, your community, where do you have support, your resources. There are a lot of people who were giving to his movement that weren't even in the civil rights movements, but they could donate. So it was just, it's a lot of crossing and meditating on, contemplating on where I want to spend my energy and time. And him and Thich Nhat Hanh, who I um, mentioned early, they had a very good brotherhood that they formed. And Thich Nhat Hanh was very instrumental in Martin Luther King um, becoming nonviolent and the calm Martin Luther King, because there's some, you know, some letters and there's some, his letter from the Birmingham jail, like there's some letters, I think it's a letter of 1964. That's a very militant Martin Luther King, you know, they, and, and so a lot of people post like the happy and the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the peaceful Martin Luther King, that's the one we see, but he, but there's some where he's more so like Malcolm X. So he was, yeah, a, I was that. oh yeah, he, and him and Malcolm were very good yeah. brothers and friends. And so, you know, so there, it's just, again, in Malcolm X, Malcolm X wasn't, known for the civil rights movement, but he was still for black liberation. And so he was working where he could, you know? So when you go throughout time, it's just a matter of where I can put my energy and really put it there. Because if we're scattered all all over the place too much, we're not going to really have enough to show up there. So really get, you know, get involved where you feel led and where you feel you can put the most of your time and attention. And it's okay if you feel, you know, that this is too much for me. Because we do have to know our limit and our capacity. And that's why we have to be gentle with ourselves, especially in the world we live in, because there's so much. You can just walk out of your door and pick up the phone and see a headline. And Mm -hmm. it just takes you a whole day to get over vibrationally what you just saw or someone sharing something. So just be mindful, as mindful as we are driving traffic, we have to be mindful when we're, you know, just moving through headlines and posts and updates of, you know, what I'm going to invest in. And I had had a podcast before where I just talked about people. I do believe that people are doing the best they can where they are with the information they have. And some people just don't know. Some people just don't know about all the headlines. And so if you see someone that doesn't look like they're concerned, they don't understand the importance of that. And But there are other people who will. And I think that when we can lead out of love and hold space and just 
you know, hold space for each other and have meaningful conversations. We're able to win people over like that more than pointing and judging. And and truly, if you're a person who is involved, you're too busy. You're too busy to point judgment because you're you're putting your energy in. Yeah, you're putting your energy in work. You're you're doing the work. You know, whoever's going to help and show up, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. How has becoming a mom like affected where you put your focus and how... And and even like with birthing a child and and how that affects your vibration and maybe your understanding of your own expansiveness. Yeah, it changed everything. It changed everything. So I have I have a twenty two year old daughter, mm-hmm. and then a ten year old son. And so the twenty two year old daughter who I speak about, the twenty two year old daughter who I speak about in the book, we I was a completely different. That was victimhood, mama. <laughs> You know, that was mama doing the best she could, but she was struggling. She was lost. She was caught in these loops and these cycles and patterns. And she was living with that trauma. That was the coat that wherever I showed up, I had that coat on. That was my security blanket. But it was also like a magnetic coat. It was causing more of that to come to me. And it took years of growth. But with her by my side, we, I say we grew because as I grew in heels, you know, I, I became a different mother to her. Mm. And now she's on the same path. Oh, and, gosh. you know, she's started her YouTube channel where she's helping people. And it's just amazing. She helps me with Vibrate Higher Daily. And my son is 10 and all he's known is this mom. So when we, there's a, a saying like, um, you don't know about me, <laughs> but I, you better ask somebody. <laughs> you better ask somebody. So Erica, Erica um, Badu has this quote. It's like something like, don't let all this peace and love fool you. Like, you know, it can get real, real quick. Mm-hmm. It's something like that. I'm totally yeah. like messing that up, but it's, it's so popular on Twitter. So you've probably seen it, but it's hilarious because I think all of us have that. Like we all have this other side to where just like, don't activate that. Mm-hmm. You know, triggers, like mm-hmm. don't trigger that up, you know. But for me, it got throughout the years, it got easier and easier and easier just to lay her to rest, mm-hmm. you know, and give thanks for her, send her love and just know she did the best she could where she was. But when I tell my son or when we look at pictures and we're just like laughing and reminiscing, he's like, mom, no. Like he, he there was a point where he really didn't know that I'd ever been in a fight in school and that, you know, I used to just do things, you know, just, and he mm-hmm. was like, no. He thought I was like bluffing, you know, like trying to get street cred. And I was like, no, like for real, <laughs> like for real, like, no, it was real. You know, and I grew up in South Central Los Angeles and just a real hardcore environment. Mm-hmm. And um, I, our environment when I was a young girl was the war zone. And it's, a, it's just where gang affiliation was high. Everybody was just on defense and it was all about survival to no ends. And so... It's important that for me with this book, I also want to speak to, you know, people who are living in those type of environments right now because, you know, with with Abraham Maslow, his, he has a great book that talks about, you know, when your basic needs are not met, there is no wellness journey. There is no healing, you know? So that was my case. I, I It was, uh, what was it called? Um, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? No, not that one. It's Towards Psychology a being or a path towards psychology, something like that. I, I'm totally somebody out there. You'll know, look it up. <laughs> look it up. You'll find that book. It's going to find you, but I have it. And it it changed my life because there's a, there's a pyramid that he gives. And basically it starts you where you need to start like, okay, let's just get your basic needs met first. 
and then we're going to work up. And so that was so instrumental for me. It almost became just like a food pyramid. And I believed in that. And I, like I say, a lot of people that I never grew up knowing about these past, once I was open to the teacher, like they, like they say, um, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yep. So sometimes your, te- your teachers are going to be books, people who are not living physically anymore, but their work is still going to speak to you. And so Abraham Maslow, um, Joseph Murphy, it was so many of these people, Rumi, even like sacred poetry, probably one of my favorites, the Bible for one, the Bible. And when I learned about, like I'm taking a side note here, but when I first learned about the Bible, that it was originally all poetry, like during that time Mm -hmm. before the Bible was canonized, it was all about poetry. And so they got collective, it was a collective process of getting like this poet Mm -hmm. and that poet, this writer, this biographer. It was just amazing of all these different writers. And they put together that book. This is called the Council of Nicaea. They did this and they did it at a time because they needed to have a way to create one religion that could help control like the whole society. And, but they knew that they had to add bits and parts that would speak to different people. And so, and whatever, whatever camp you're from, whether you believe in, you know, God knew that that was going to happen and that was how it was supposed to, or, you know, well, the Bible, there's more that I believe in, like the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Apocrypha that has even more that you can dig into there, like the book of Eloph, um, I mean, the book of um, Enoch. Enoch, absolutely. And that book takes, it, it takes some courage to read that book. Yeah. Like my, my mother, we got, we had a group book. and she like had to leave the room. She was like, oh, wait a minute. Really? <laughs> like, oh no, I wasn't ready. And yeah. so she had to come, you know, get herself together and come back like another time and, yeah. and go at it again because it's real. But there's beautiful books, beautiful poetry. But yeah, so all that to say is that... The Book of Enoch is older and it's a precursor to the Bible almost, right? Yeah, yeah. and and it's it's mystical. Yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah, it's, it's like a, based up the Gnostic religion is there you go. basically... Absolutely. Which once you... It's interesting with the Gnostic tradition, like religion, the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm... Yeah. Aligned to. Yeah. It's out there, but like that's what I'm aligned to. Yeah, I, and I think that... A lot of where people are going now, they would be surprised to see that they are going more on that, yep. you know, Gnostic past. I think that it's it's beautiful and it's more inclusive yep. mm-hmm. and it tells the whole truth, not just a little bit. And as a spiritual being, I can I can pick up the Bible. Like I've read it back and front, like all throughout my childhood. I was in choirs and in and, you know, just so heavy in the church when I was younger. I remember sometimes I wanted to play sick because I was like, oh gosh. You know? <laughs> and we were in like black church culture where it's like, you're there all day. Yeah. You go home and you come back in the evening. Like it was, it was literally, you know, but we had to go. It was no playing, <laughs> no playing sick. But so I, I know it. And when I was able to come back to that book with a different vibration within myself, with healing and then knowing what I know now about energy and vibration and just trusting the words are going to meet me how they need to meet me personally. That's when my spirituality changed. When I can pick up the Bible, it completely changed. It wasn't my grandmother's book. It wasn't my mother's book. And I've had a lot of their books just studying because they had a lot of things highlighted, but it's not the preacher's book. You know, it, it's, it's your book now. And you go to where you want to go. You highlight what you want highlighted. You really live with these these passages. And I think it's just like that, not only with the Bible, but without with any book. 
because we almost have to become autodidactic to a point now to free ourselves, to free our minds of how we were indoctrinated in school even, not just in the church, but also in school. And I think that's not for us to throw spirituality out, but maybe to reimagine what religion is supposed to be and reimagine maybe giving getting out of the box of religion and just seeing that there's a spiritual path that is holistic, more holistic than I thought that can include that is big enough for vibration and energy to have a conversation in there. Because mm-hmm. in a church, you don't really hear, how is how are you vibrating today? Or what is your energy like? You know, it, it's a lot of times they were scared of that. And you know, granted, a lot of that was our ancestors in in ancient societies. They had that knowledge. That was just common day language, but it was it was programmed out of us. And I, and I'm so honored to be in a society now where it's coming back to us. We're taking our power back yeah. there too. Can Definitely. we? I guess just to pull it back, you know, for people that don't understand, <laughs> I just sounded patronizing when I said that. And like, but I meant uh, so people can really understand what we mean by the fact that we are vibrational beings. Yeah. So talking about vibration from like a very one-on-one level, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? What does that mean to your interaction and your the movement in the world? So look un- at ourself. Like if you put your hand under a microscope. And you really go all the way down in there. You're just gonna. You're not gonna look solid anymore. Like the further you get, the more space there's gonna be between your cells. And when you get all the way down there, they're gonna just be vibrating. So we are literally vibrational beings. We're vibrating beings. But the way we're looking at each other, it looks like we're solid. So on a cellular level, on an atomic level, we are energy vibrating. And when we're vibrating, we're vibrating at a certain frequency. And um, vibrations, you can kind of look at them as waves, wavelengths. And wavelengths always depend on how they vibrate. It always depends on the frequency, what type of force, what type of energy is there, what type of frequency is there. So whether you're listening to a radio and you're trying to tune into, you know, the airwaves a little better, a TV, you sometimes, like back in the day, used to have an antenna to do that. Um, So now it just happens automatically. You know, TVs are clear, they're sharp. They're high def, so they're they're high they're high vibrational, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I can't believe I just said that about a television. <laughs> <laughs> tail live. There's a there's a quote I remember way back or a meme way back in the day. It spelled it like tail lie l i e tail live vision. Wow. Because I do believe that was a part of the main wow. way that mimes have been programmed throughout society and wow. radio stations. Um, but and it's it's known, yeah. So, but to to say that. Right, and you can take anything and try to take it to its highest potential. So it's, but what is that? So you can take your pain to the highest potential. You can take your, you know, a bad attitude to the highest potential, where you're just like, okay, this is super extra today. <laughs> or you can take love and peace and joy, and you can take your mindset to a higher level. So really, it's just like, what channel do I want to be on today? The high frequency channel, the low frequency channel, the high vibrational channel, the low vibrational channel, and also just with food. Understanding that whether it's food, whether it's music, whether it's friends, whatever it is around you, you're having this symbiotic relationship with it. You all are playing off of each other's energy and vibration. And when we can understand that everything around us affects us, that's why we can walk into a space and know yes or no. I'm supposed to be here or I feel like living. Let me dip out, you know, or a piece of furniture. This is for me. It's not. Maybe if you're in a thrift store, Yes, no. So it's it's when we have a certain feeling, when we know a certain thing, we're connecting to, to it on a vibrational level. And maybe we don't realize it, maybe we do, but that's what's happening at all times. Butterflies, elephant, animals, whales, 
they all communicate through vibration. And it's it's powerful when we can take our power back in that conversation, lean in, and then look at the world in that way as a vibrational universe versus these beings that are just going on autopilot and whatever comes. And, you know, I like what I like. I don't like what I like, but no, look into it. At least in my experience, and I've gotten better at this, but just trusting that feeling and just being like, okay, that's what I should follow or that's what's right. And I in my experience, it's been practice, but are there ways in which you can um, get quiet enough to really feel that? Definitely. And the the number one way, it, it definitely is practice. It's like getting on that court of life every day, showing up, being Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kobe is known. You know me. You know me. Yes. Okay. He, he is known. His wor- I like, only like references that are sports related. So this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> And who else? Who else to mention? So Kobe, the thing about him is, and you may know this, he's the one who like your favorite basketball player goes to like just watch him work out. Yeah, that's the damn. Like who does that? You know, because his work ethic, the way he works out, he'll show up at 5 a.m. when everybody else is just getting their sleepy still and he's already like in a full sweat. You know, he... He's really putting in that time. And then another sport, sports reference for you. <laughs> I was totally kidding, but <laughs> it's Emmett Smith. So Emmett Smith, um, they Damn, asked him. TBT. Yeah, wow, yeah. TBT. Yes, wow. Yes. My favorite cowboy. Right. right. <laughs> I know. I think he's everyone's favorite I think cowboy. He's retired, right? Yeah, he's retired. Yeah. Yep. Number 22. So he he said one time in an interview, like, how have you won so many Super Bowl rings? Like, how do you do this? And his answer was, the Super Bowl is won in preseason. And I was like, oh. So from there, like that inspired me so much. Like, okay, let me get me a preseason. Like, what is my preseason? Mm. So for me, it's my daily routine is my preseason. How I am when when I'm off is my preseason. How I, like my self-care routine, my spirituality, that's all my preseason because... You never know when you're going to have to get on that court. Even like with with athletes, they don't know when they're going to get taken off the bench. They have no clue, but they have to be ready, you know, ready for the game. And so the game of life. And so when you can use every day and the way that that translates into answering your question, <laughs> going bring, bring it back, is practice. Practice work going out on those inklings, on those nudges, like doing the things that maybe feel awkward, but you know you're feeling called to do it, trusting this guidance, like the direction. So really allowing your discernment and your intuition to lead you. And it it could be, you know, it could be staticky at first. Maybe some things come through, like they they follow through or not. But the more you do it, the stronger and louder it gets. It's just how it works. And so the more that you start to work daily on honoring these little nudges, and it can be something as as small as call so-and-so and check on her, send so-and-so a message, mm-hmm. check your email now, or look at the clock, um, turn on the radio. So, and you'll start hearing these messages. It'll be in a song. It'll be in copy somewhere on the website. It'll be in a sign. Like these messages will start coming into you and you're like, whoa, okay. And almost sometimes you're like, can I turn it down a little bit? <laughs> I <know. laughs> like I want to get off the clock now. But I was filling the bath the other day and my, my hit, my angels were like, check the bath. Check the bath. Yeah. And I was like doing something. I was busy. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It was an inch of water in my oh, <laughs> bathroom. Gosh. Everything overflowed. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it was like a clear, like, okay. 
Got it. Got it. Wow. <laughs> You're like, Silly, but like, yeah. I literally heard like, check the bath, like go check the bath. Yeah, that's <laughs> so it. funny. And it's those things. Because we, because we all second guess ourselves. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Okay, I'm just, I'm being paranoid. And we'll label it. Like, I'm being paranoid. <laughs> or either other people, you know, label yes. it what we're mm-hmm. doing. And sometimes we can second guess our own selves, but... When you know what you know, you're like, you know, you'll stand in that knowing and and move out on it. 100%. Definitely. I was thinking of um, something that one of the tweets that you had that I really loved was about life being obedient to your beliefs. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. you, You believe what you see. And so going, you know, when we can look back at childhood, like for me, I believe what I saw. I I saw a lot of just victimization and a lot of pain and trauma. And so that's what I believed for a long time. And that's what kept showing up in my life until I was able to believe something different. And it's not saying it's our fault. It's not our fault. We we come, a lot of, some of us come to this world already at a disadvantage, you know? 100%. Yeah. So it's not your fault. It's just this universe we entered into, you know, it's already moving when we get here. And so our parents are doing the best they can with what they know, with any traumas they have had. So it was all about, for me, reprogramming those beliefs. Like I had to start believing something different if I wanted to start seeing something different. And so I started doing the visualizations that the books talked about, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, Howard Thurman, just so many of the greats talked about. And I had to start really feeling into that. Like, what did it feel like, again, to be healed and in my power? And I would close my eyes. I remember... At one of my jobs, especially, I was the only one that would be there on my shift. And I would go to the mirror and start doing like these, hi. <laughs> I love this. I love yes. <laughs> hello. hello. Hi. Like, hello. I would, hello there. <laughs> it was such role I love play. you. And I don't know where this came from, but it just like, it was, but again, see, I was working on that intuition, that thing in me telling me to go do this. I would go in the mirror and I would be like, hi, how are you? Like I was meeting and greeting people. Oh my God. I had no clue. Like what was, and I was still in a toxic relationship at the time, not healed yet, but I was doing these things because I was reading and it was slowly, you know, I was slowly being guided out of that whole lifestyle. It was a process, but it was a journey as well. And but I was getting the instruction and I was following. And so even though it felt weird and I was like, if anyone comes in, if there's a camera in here anywhere, (laughs) oh gosh, (laughs) but I, I did it. And So now when I'm on stage speaking, when I'm doing any kind of thing in public where people, you know, are saying hi to me or when I'm, you know, somewhere waving in a crowd, like sometimes it'll hit me and I'm like, whoa, I did this way back then when my life was a mess. I was visioning this right here and it came to be. So that in itself is so powerful. That's why there is no way anyone can tell me that this is woo-woo because it's not that. This is practical law. It is practical common sense. And when we're able to just grab onto that and move through life with it, we're more empowered and we're more ready now to meet, to hold space for our future and to show up and see, I was seeing something different instead of seeing my life where I did before, like, oh, you know, I'm going to grow up and and marry someone crazy and, you know, always be calling my mother for help. And, Mm. you know, can I come stay with you? Or, you know, sleeping on someone's couch. Like there was a point, like I, I was homeless. I mean, there was so much that I went through in my young childhood when I was, you know, getting out of that crazy relationship that I talk about in the book that I was sleeping on my sister's couch a couple times 
because I would go back. And then, you know, but when enough was enough, that was it. I was like, this will be the last time I am on my sister's couch with nowhere to live and leaving a toxic relationship. This is it. And I just got tired of, I even got tired of telling my story, of saying like, this happened again or yeah. whatever. And so I, it was just a way I inserted myself differently into the universe now. Like waking up every day, I was like, it's game time. That's it. Yeah, there is something that happens like an expiration to that oh. um, giving into the, not giving into, but just like believing that story and like mm-hmm. adhering to it. And yep. you're just like sick of your own shit. And you're just like, okay, it's yeah. time. Let's That's let's go. It. Yep. Yeah. Related to that, to that toxic relationship, like what is, what is your relationship been with forgiveness? And, and how does that relate to vibration? Forgiveness is so important because it's an energy. It's, when you don't forgive, you're holding on to that experience within you. All of the cells in your body are still vibrating with that memory. And when you can let it go and when you hold on, whatever you're holding on to, you're saying you still you still desire it to be there with you in your experience, in your reality now, because there's no way you can reach out and grab it. Like the people that were there, there's no way I could reach out and grab the man who abused me, he's not there. So it's physically impossible for me to still be there. But the only way I can still be there is if I'm thinking about it still, if I'm feeling it still. And so I had to get clear with that piece that even though I'm safe physically, that emotionally, vibrationally, I'm still holding on to this. I'm still looking at him with a side eye, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And so it took a while. And, and I'm not saying this is easy because it's not. It's not easy, but it's doable. And that's what I want everyone to know because sometimes people can say, oh, you know, easier said than done because it looks nice when it's in a post and it's all curated on Instagram. But I share these things because I lived it and I did it. And and I can only share with you authentically from my experience. And so I'm here to be someone who says, I seen it happen. It happened for me. I seen it happen for other people. It can work. And so I started to leap my, my, that hold which forgiveness is, it's like a claw. <laughs> it's holding on. And, and it's a little bit of that bitter energy. But at the end of it, it's all fear. It's all fear. And I had to let go of it and I had to release it. And I had to begin to not wish him harm, but to wish him healing. And wishing people harm doesn't look like, oh, okay, you know, I want you to, you know, get break a leg mysteriously. <laughs> you know, it's not mm-hmm. about that. But sometimes you're you we don't understand we're wishing people harm by sending them negative energy because we don't know what that can manifest in their life. And it's real. Yes. It's it real. real. You know, we don't yeah. yeah, we don't want to, you know, put spells on people Absolutely. because, you know, we don't want to let go. Because at the end of the day, you know, we don't want any of that to come back to us looking back for us. So I was able to let go and just release and surrender and know that he was a victim as well, which he was. He was a victim as much as I was. And when we can truly, whoever hurt us in our lives, whatever has happened, if we can know that this is not the end all be all. And nine times out of 10, this person, like we talked about the four agreements in chapter two, don't take it personal. That book changed my life. Like when I can, when I don't have to take how someone abused me or treated me or didn't show up for me, whatever it is, or walked away, when I can't take that personal, that's when my I have power. You know, because I'm not attached to it. Okay. 
that's good. Yeah. You know, this is how it's supposed to be. And that's freedom. It's surrender. And again, it's not holding, going through the world with attachments. And um, the book, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, yeah. he's so important with teaching us about attachments. And, oh, okay, I am a little attached here. And and even in the Buddhist faith is that you, we suffer because of what we're attached to. You know, so when we can just surrender and live life and be mindful for wherever we are, and then show up in our power there. That's a piece I would add. You know, they 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 word it differently, but it's all saying the same thing. We can vibrate higher wherever we find ourselves. That's our power. So if it's in forgiving someone, knowing this is a powerful moment for me, and then you go forward. And so I began to really send him love. And I want to almost say what happened, but you have to read the book to find out what happened to this man and really see what that did because it helped. And he, yeah. I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, it's so. Um, yeah, one, I can't. I can't wait to read the book. And two, like, just the power of saying to someone, "I forgive you," could completely change their life. Not only your life, totally. but like we we forget that that their pain around something that they've done is is just as toxic to their yeah. emotional and physical body. Yep. As it was, you know, the the victim. So, and even uh, if they don't reala- realize it, I know, right? Because yeah. some people don't realize that they're suffering for how they're treating people, but mm. it's happening. This is why they're bitter, and this is why they're in these cycles that they don't like, and this is why you know they can't maybe hold friends that that you know are really meaningful. So, but they they it's showing up. Trust, it's showing up in one way or the other, and so even having compassion for that like this person's life is they're suffering and they are doing the best they can. Even though they're suffering, they're doing the best they can. And that is so freeing. And even when we can look at ourselves and just use compassion in that way. And, you know, who who would I ask to forgive me? You know, because along the way, um, <laughs> Carolyn Mice, she's another good author and teacher. She says, um, trust that as many people as many people who have hurt you trust that somebody's in therapy because of you. <laughs> She's like, somewhere, somewhere. You know? That's hilarious. Isn't that hilarious? So, <laughs> so when we can look in that, you know, how we ask for forgiveness, you know, everywhere we have. And I love that that's, uh, you know, part of the Buddhist faith, part of becoming a nun, but then also part of the AA, Alcohol Anonymous. Yeah. Part of that is you have to go to people and ask for forgiveness, whether it's sending a letter. The fourth step or third step. Or yeah, one of those steps. Yeah, yeah. is asking for forgiveness. So just being, having compact, like we all have something that, you know, we've done to harm another human being and, and just letting it go with love, with tenderness, and then do the best you can from there. Journey and grace yourself and then allow the other person to journey in grace and trust that they'll get their lesson best mm-hmm. how, whenever and however is best for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's an unattachment to the result of your saying sorry Bingo. as well. Bingo. You know, That's like, it. you can't be attached to the way that they receive something like that. That's it. You just have to keep your side of the street mm-hmm. clean. That Yes. You know, yeah, because some people... Yeah, some people want to keep it going, you know, because maybe course. they're still there, you know, maybe they're stuck, still toxic. Stuck in the cycle. Uh-huh. Yeah. But totally. you did your part. Yeah. You took your trash out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I left yeah. it on their doorstep. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, I want to talk my last question about your just self-care routine. Like what are parts of your self-care routine that you really cherish? My self-care routine is totally dependent on the type of time I have for the day. 
sometimes sometimes there'll be a week where it's like all the same. Then other times I'm like, I have I have no time to do like all the fun, fluffy stuff. And so it's all a matter of what is important for that day. But if I had to say like one of my favorite ways to ha- practice self-care is body work, whether it's a massage. I think, Do you have a good masseuse? Uh, I go to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've been going to Olympic Spa. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. That's a whole experience. Milana. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, we go with our friend Milana. Oh yeah, I love Alana. Yes, I love Alana. She's the best. Yes, mm-hmm. she is. Yeah, so I've been going to Olympic Spa and another place here that that I have went to many times that I am going to go back to again since I've lived there, close to there now, is the nail massage. They're really great. Mm-hmm. And then I also like um, reflexology, acupressure. All of that is really great as well for um, body work. So I really think also soaking in baths, that's also a form of body work because you're able to, you know, help that everything just discharge. And all this, all body work is helping things discharge out the body. And I do best, I think, when um, I'm allowing my body, the self, to release energy and vibrations that I've picked up as a, mag- like it's a human walking magnet, as we all are, um, through just the whole week, mental, physical, spiritual, however it is, um, just to let those things go. And um, movement is a powerful way, whether it's dancing, that's another good, great way. But for me, massage is really good for that. I love that. Mm. You, you mentioned earlier mantras. Are there any mantras that you are, are using now to, to raise your vibration that are really resonating? Yes, Live in My Power, which is the subtitle of the book. Mm. That has been such a powerful one for me. And Vibrate Higher Daily, there's in my home, like someone there is saying it every day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, it's sometimes we put a fist in the air, Vibrate Higher Daily. Um, it's just, we live by that, you know, and and live. I'm living in my power because wherever I find myself, whether it's at my desk, I'm, I'm writing and creating, and I don't feel like I have it that day, I'm living in my power. And then whether I'm a parent, whether I'm showing up as a friend, a sister, living in my power, being able to show up from a place of power, also um, taking my power back, and then also journey journey in grace is another mantra because some days everything you're trying to carry can fall on the floor. And like there's a Tupac quote, he says, you know, sometimes you just have to leave it there and walk away. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like not about trying to even pick it up anymore. And that's where I would say hashtag journey and grace and keep it moving, you know, and just knowing that it's okay. You're okay. Vibrate higher from right there. You have a next, the next day that Mm -hmm. divine grace is there. You have a whole new start. And even every second is a new start. And that's mindfulness. That's what the whole path of mindfulness is. In this moment, I have arrived. I am home and it's all new. And that's an opportunity to vibrate higher from there. Beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Name it up. Where can everyone connect with you? Uh, it's at Layla Delia on all social, well, not all social platforms. I don't even know what a snip, Snapchat, whatever. I don't have that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Snippity snap, TikTok, snap. what? <laughs> yeah, what is that? <laughs> but I am on Instagram and Twitter, Layla Delia. And then I am on, I do have a Tumblr and I'm going to- I bet put, your Tumblr's dope. Yeah, that's your where- Your aesthetic I, is- oh, thank Do you work so with much. someone creative or is that you? It's me. Damn. It's me. I had a hard time like, finding people creatively that would kind of execute my vision. So I just have been on a path like, okay, it's just meant for me to do it. And so, you know, it's meant for someone else to show up Mm -hmm. on that team. I just said, okay, received. (laughs) I'll do it. 
But Tumblr, um, I it's uh, Layla Delia or Vibrate Hire Daily, both on there. And then my website is vibratehiredaily.com. And then my brand new book is out December 10th. And all wherever books are sold, wherever you like to get your books online, in the bookstores, my book will be there waiting for you. There's also an audiobook involved cool. with an absolutely amazing right. narrator, Bonnie Turpin. Now, Bonnie won Narrator of the Year multiple times, last oh. year included. This year, she was inducted into the Narrator's Hall of Fame. Oh. So she's the truth. And I was going to do the book myself. My literary agent and I were like, yep, you're, I'm going to do it. But when I had a chance to know that she was going to do it, hands down, uh, yes. Wow. It was her because the way she reads and tells stories, her her background is in theater. And she has a way of making those words come alive. And I'm just so thrilled. So whether you enjoy a good journey with an audio book and or reading the physical copy, mm. the book is available December 10th. And I'm so excited. Oh. So proud of you. That's awesome. So excited yeah. for you. Thank you. Congrats, babe. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this has been a blast. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much to Lala. Loved having you on, girl. And you can grab her new book, Vibrate Higher Daily, Live Your Power. Now, anywhere books are sold. Yeah. She remembered who she was and the game changed. Truly. One of my favorite. One of my favorites. So yeah, thank you so much. The book branding, everything is completely on point. So if you guys want some inspo too for some branding and some beautiful photos, you can go to vibratehiredaily.com. And yeah, we're just really excited to kind of wrap up the year, reflect on all the things. So we are just sending a lot of love out to you all in Almost 30 Nation. It's been an incredible year to connect with you be on tour. We will continue our tour next year with a bunch of live shows in some cities we've never been to, others that we've been to before, and we just can't wait to meet more of you. And if you are out there and want to create community where you are, you might find an ambassador in and around your city. So go to almost30podcast.com and click on community and you will find that. Or if there's none around you, you can create community and become an ambassador. So email community at almost30podcast.com. Thank you so much. We will see you on the next one. Love you. 